Welcome to the Simplify Jesus Podcast. We're your hosts, Matt Gunter and Bill Allen, and together we are breaking barriers through communication. Welcome back for another week of Simplify Jesus with Bill and Matt, where we are breaking barriers through communication. We are still talking about Joseph. We're almost done with this, though, aren't we? Yeah, just about. We're getting close to it. Um, Joseph is um, in a spot where... Well, we left off with Joseph being in prison for a long time for something he didn't do. He was tricked into uh, some nefarious things. And um, while he was in jail, though, he even prospered then, as he has throughout all of these trials, and uh, was put in charge of the prisoners in jail. Unheard of. Ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Two of the prisoners that he was over were the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, who were directly under the pharaoh, so they must have done some some bad stuff to both get put in jail. Right. The picky eater and drinker. <laughs> but uh, while in prison, both of those guys had dreams on the same night. Remember, Joseph is one who can interpret dreams for people, which is what got him where he's at to begin with. Mm-hmm. And he interpreted the dreams for them, and, and everything happened exactly like he said it would. Unfortunately, the cupbearer, when Joseph said, hey, remember me, tell the pharaoh mm-hmm. about me, he forgot about him. Mm-hmm. So he was still there for a couple of years. And through all of this, finally, the cupbearer remembered, oh yeah, there was this guy I was supposed to tell you about in prison after the Pharaoh had a dream. So Pharaoh pulled him out. Joseph interpreted his dream about seven years of good crops coming up, followed by seven years of famine. And uh, Pharaoh was amazed by this and put Joseph as second in command in all of Egypt, only under the uh, Pharaoh himself, which is mind-blowing mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah you can interpret dreams cool you're gonna run the kingdom with me right what <laughs> yeah well and you think about everything joseph went through up to this point i mean to even think that he would go from you know being in prison to second in command i mean it's just that's i can't even imagine when that. he was third in command when he got sent to prison right so <laughs> right pretty much yeah so i don't understand yeah. how all this works but you know, God did, and that's the point of this story is is showing what God can do through all of our trials, right? That's so right. Joseph's about to uh, kind of show off his faith with God, and, mm-hmm. and things are going to kind of come back around from where we started. So uh, why don't you tell us about what's going on from here? Yeah, so, so Joseph's leadership, a big part of his responsibility was during the seven good years of uh, good growth and good crops to set aside grain during that time um, so that when the seven years of famine hit, Egypt was well prepared to uh, to take it on. And so what they did, the officials um, basically set a 20% tax on the produce. They took a fifth of everything and stored it away. It was so much that the storehouses were overflowing. Uh, what you think about it, you know, if you take a fifth of, well, 20% tax is kind of a lot. That's not that's not fun to think about with a paycheck. But, no. but but you think about if you were to take all of the grain from a field and take 20%, just take a fifth of it, set it aside, you wouldn't think that would be enough to sustain you for basically the same amount of time later. Anyway, overflowing. Uh, that just tells you how abundant that time was. Well, it's interesting because even, you know, you know I follow Dave Ramsey. I think we both do a little bit mm-hmm. and, or mm-hmm. have in the past. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he teaches the uh, the kind of old school way of saving money. And he even says 15% is what you should put aside for retirement. Mm-hmm. So they did 5% more than that. That's and it. 
save the areas around them. That's it. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that's a, so that's the thing is that this famine that was coming, it wasn't just Egypt, but it was a widespread. We, we talked about last week, there's a, some evidence, um, archeological evidence that this famine was, was worldwide, not just, uh, even in the middle East. So because they had this abundant grain stored up, when people heard that Egypt was prepared and they had it all, they started coming to Egypt to barter and trade for food, which can you imagine how happy Pharaoh must have been to have that kind of power of, <laughs> it's not just Egyptians now, I've got power over the whole the whole area. Yeah. And so sure enough, word got to Jacob um, and, and all of his sons living in Canaan uh, about the grain. And he sent um, all of his sons, you know, remember these are Joseph's brothers, he sent all of them to go get food for them, uh, except for one, Benjamin. He, he decided to hold him back at the house. Now, just a reminder, Benjamin was the other son that was born to Rachel, who mm-hmm. was the mother of Joseph and mm-hmm. Benjamin. So Rachel was the wife that uh, Jacob wanted when mm-hmm. he went to go find a wife, mm-hmm. but instead got hitched to Leah. Mm-hmm. So big, big thing of drama there with more deception and uh, you know go back what two episodes ago yeah three episodes maybe to to listen to that but um uh so yeah jacob definitely had his favorites and that was joseph and benjamin yeah and and the other hard part at this point is in the story is that um rachel's also died at this point she Ah. she passed away in childbirth with benjamin and so you know ramp up that favoritism thing um like crazy which is you know understandable but doesn't make it right so yeah so he sends all the brothers in except benjamin holds on to him and uh so they get there and joseph isn't is the one in charge of selling the grain i'm sure as as leaders we understand this you delegate out that task but ultimately the responsibility for it fell on joseph um, so when his brothers got there, he recognized them immediately, but um, he, had, he had changed a little bit since the last time they saw him. <laughs> he was 17-ish uh, when they sold him into slavery, and he's 30 here. So if you think about how much your body and stature and all that stuff changes in that time frame, and it, you know, it kind of makes sense they didn't, didn't weren't able to pick him out of a crowd. Well, and they certainly wouldn't have thought they were going to be dealing with the second in command of all of Egypt. Right. As, as their brother that they sold into slavery, right? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. As far as they knew, he was gone and dead mm-hmm. and, or, or wherever, somewhere in the world. But I think even if 10 years had gone by, you know, mm-hmm. they're going to go to this man and they're not going to see their brother. They're going to see no. somebody in charge. Well, that can't be Joseph. Right. That's got to be somebody else. Absolutely. And so uh, when they get there, Joseph isn't exactly nice to them. Uh, he talked harshly. He accused them of being spies. Um, he knew who they were, but, you know, he's picking on them, as brothers do. A mm-hmm. um, little bit of payback there, yeah. um, which, <laughs> honestly, I, I would. he was nice compared to how I feel about the situation. Uh, if, if I feel like if I were him, I would have been worse than that. But they just happened to mention in their conversation that they had a younger brother. Of course, Joseph knew that, but he got them to talk about him. So Joseph said, you know what? I I don't believe a thing you're saying. I don't believe you're not spies unless you bring Benjamin back. So they made a deal and they said, all right, we'll go back. We'll go get Benjamin. But Joseph said, leave one of your brothers here. And so Simeon stays back. The nine brothers head back to to Canaan, head back to Jacob and with a homeland with the understanding that don't bother coming back to Egypt unless you bring Benjamin back with you. You won't see Simeon. He won't come back. And you won't get any more grain out of us if you don't bring Benjamin. And so, you know, whether or not Joseph would have held up to that, I'm not sure. 
we we don't find out but he, he was definitely driving a hard bargain there he was yeah don't come back unless you bring your little brother who again favoritism right he mm-hmm. wanted to see his little brother he wanted yeah. it or really wanting to run them through the ringer yeah you know? i mean now he's got to go back and 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 we'll get to this but he's he's got to go back and tell her dad nope they want benjamin your other favorite kid yeah right Uh-oh. right <laughs> Right. Yeah. And that, and that's exactly what happens. They get back and you know, first thing they, they open up the grain and the silver they use to buy the grain is back in their bags. And so you can, you can only imagine what's going through their head. Like not only at this point, have they had this harsh encounter, but now the silver, they're going to be accused of stealing the silver that they used to pay, bringing it back with them. And that's because that Joseph told his reports to put it back, you know, right. give them all the food they can take mm-hmm. or all the grain they can take and put the silver back. Yeah. Yeah. And so this was all part of the plan, but, but Joseph's brothers had no idea. They, they were worried sick about it. And then on top of that, they, so they think they're going to be in trouble for that. And then they have to tell Jacob, Hey, by the way, we can't go back unless we take Benjamin. So not only do we have their money and that's going to cause a problem, but we've got to take little brother that, you don't want to go back with us before we can get any more grain. Well, I find it interesting in that in chapter uh, 42 of Genesis, verse 21, they said, it says, they said to one another, surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw mm. how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his wife, but we would not listen. That's why the distress, this distress has come on us. Yeah. So they are so sick about this that mm. they are wondering, you know, Surely this thing that we did 15, 20 years ago is coming back to bite us now. Yeah. Yeah. They've had to sit on this for, for, yeah, I think, yeah, somewhere, somewhere like 13, 15 years, somewhere in that time frame, And, and we don't really know, you know, we see a lot of Joseph's story during that time. We don't see a lot of the brother's story. And mm. so, you know, there are little tidbits here and there, but yeah, who knows what's going on? I mean, it could be that Jacob is spending that whole time just completely depressed. Um, in fact, when, when they come back and they talk about taking Benjamin, um, Jacob's response is first, I lost Joseph, which he doesn't know that Joseph was sold into slavery. He thinks Joseph was killed by a wild animal. Mm-hmm. Um, he still believes that at this point. And then he's, so now he thinks he's lost Simeon too. He's just assuming that Simeon's a lost cause. And he thinks that he's going to have to send Benjamin, his other favorite in, and potentially lose him as well. It's, it's a, he is all kinds of depressed and upset at this point. Well, I love uh, Reuben's response uh, in verse 22, mm-hmm. right after that. He says, didn't I tell you not to sin against the boy? <laughs> but you wouldn't listen. Now we must give an accounting for his blood. That's right. And and that was even, uh, Joseph was standing there. They didn't mm-hmm. know he could understand what they were saying because they were speaking Hebrew. Right. And he was, as far as they knew, an Egyptian. Mm-hmm. So he didn't realize they could, that he could understand what they were saying. Right. So we know that Joseph is messing with them, but at the same time, he's trying to prove something. First of all, I think, Yeah. um, because it also says in verse 24 that he turned away from them and began to weep. Mm -hmm. But then he got his act back together and, and began to speak to them again. And it was at that point he had Simeon taken from him and bound mm-hmm. uh, right there in front of him. Yeah, you can see that at this point, the the brothers have figured out, like, they are, <laughs> we have messed up. Yeah. Like, like you said, they, they, they see this, they're seeing this as a punishment, which, which kind of brings up an, an interesting side note. Have you ever had that feeling of, man, what did I do to deserve this? <laughs> like that's, I mean, that's definitely where, where the brothers are at at this point, but, except they knew, they know what they did. 
it, it was just all kind of bad news. Well, and I made a note, you know, when I was going through this in my Bible app, that found it interesting that through all of this, they they knew God was there, mm-hmm. right? They were they willfully sinned against God and their brother mm-hmm. and their father um, in in having him sold in so, mm-hmm. selling him to the slaves, but they still believe in and fear God. Mm. So now, have they repented of that since then? Who knows, right? It's too late now, right? Well, we've already <laughs> sold our brother. We can't right. get him back. He might be dead, whatever. Um, but can we live our lives for God now? Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know how they were. Um, but I think what I was thinking of at the time is it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've come from or, mm-hmm. or, or what is going on. God's still there. And you still have time to turn away from your sin yeah. and start over. Right. Um, we all do. I have to do it daily. Um, mm-hmm. For them to still have that fear of God, even though they knew they screwed up, that should tell us something. Yeah, and and because it's not just fear in in the way we normally think. Like, so we think of fear as like a um, being afraid of something, but but the fear of God that we see here is is more of a it's it's a respect and reverence so that you know, God is still in control, and and so it's it's not just. Um, it's it's not just that they're afraid of what God's gonna do, but also like a okay, God's in control here. Like we, whatever's coming, we earn this. I get it, mm-hmm. but we're but we're gonna get back on track. We're still gonna try to do the right thing. Yeah, they didn't dig themselves into a bigger hole, which is often what I find myself doing. Yeah, me um, too. You that's know, that's why I said I have to repent every day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Make make one wrong turn, like oh, let me keep going down that direction yeah. for a little while. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, sometimes I gotta slap myself. Stop it. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so after a while. And I can only imagine the conversations that are going on back in Jacob's house. I think, you know, probably they're showing their remorse or showing this, this repentance. And finally it gets to a point where they've got to go get more grain. I mean, remember this is seven years of famine. That's a long time for there to be basically no new crops. Um, you know, we're in the middle of a, of a heat wave and lack of rain, um, here in the hill country. And, yeah, this is for a couple of months. This is, you know, what we're talking about in here is a seven year drought. Um, so you can imagine the impact that had. So at some point they had to go back. And, uh, so they make the journey back to Egypt. And well, say, and it, so I'm, sorry, I don't yeah. need to interrupt, but mm-hmm. it says, um, it says they finished the food that they had. They finished yeah. the grain they had and had to go back. So Simeon is stuck in this jail for <laughs> how long? Who knows? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it could have been weeks, months, mm-hmm. who knows how long it took to, uh, finish whatever grain they had. Right. So I think it, it sounds like they'd almost been like, nope, Simeon's gone. We're not, not going to go back until we have to. We're not taking Benjamin. You're right. <laughs> right. Right. They, they were going to put that off as long as they could. Um, but that time did come around. They had to. And so, so they went back. They took the silver that they were given back. They took more silver um, to get more grain. And they took other goods and stuff from, from Canaan to give them as a gift. And so here come all the brothers. Jacob is still at home, but, but all the brothers come with Benjamin and Joseph saw him and his, his immediate response was, okay, let's get him. I want to get him to my house. And so he had the guards who were with him and take him over to his house. And so, you know, at this point, Joseph's brothers still don't really understand what's going on. Um, they know that this guy that's in charge has been mean to him, that he's given him a hard time. And, you know, they're probably thinking at this point, this has just gone from bad to worse, right? If we were being punished before, it's just continuation. Why would this guy who's been so uh, harsh with us want us at his home? 
So, so they get to his house and he asks him how their father is doing. But, but he gets emotional at this point, right? He's there with all of his brothers. His father is still alive and doing well. And so he removes himself from the situation. Says, look, I, you know, basically I can't take it. He, but he gives his, his reports some information. Said, okay, look, go take care of these guys. So he says, give them their silver back. We don't need that. He says, but this time I want you to get the youngest one's bag and put my one of my silver cups in there, a silver goblet. This could have been a, a cup that was used for divination practices and that kind of stuff in Egypt. We know that Joseph feared God, so he wasn't participating in that. I don't have any reason to believe that, but it was something that would have been important in Egypt, Egyptian culture. And so they send them on their way um, to get a head start. But then Joseph has one more trick up his sleeve. He sends the guards after to go catch up to him and say, hey, uh, what, why did you, why did you steal my stuff? Why, why did you steal one of my goblets here? Of course, the brothers have no idea. They haven't checked their bags and, uh, they say, well, okay, well, who's ever bag it, it's in that person will be your slave. And, you know, because thinking nobody had it, well, sure enough, here it is in Benjamin's bag. And so they all turn back around and head on back <laughs> to Egypt because they knew they could not go home without Benjamin. Yeah. That would have been bad. Their father would have had a heart attack at that moment i think um i think he said if you take my son with of whom i love mm -hmm. i will surely die yeah uh, and that's not an ex exact quote but it might be close it, yeah <laughs> yeah it's it, the 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 message was clear this is not don't come back without him <laughs> yeah yeah and the guard was was even so much uh saying after all we've done for you why would you steal from us right so really just and he knew he knew mm -hmm. joseph told him Put it in his bag. Mm -hmm. Wait. Okay, now go get him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was in on it too. Yeah. Um, and he had to, these guys just had to been literally shaking in their boots at this point, their sandals <laughs> yeah. or whatever at this point, um, because now they're, Simeon's already in jail. Mm -hmm. Now they're surely going to be put into slavery, killed, whatever that yeah. punishment's going to be. Right. Um, I, I, I don't envy where they're at. And I think, like you said, I would be thinking the same thing. We're, we're being punished for what we mm -hmm. did. How could we do that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and you think about the fact that, you know, the whole world is, as far as they know, is in a famine right now. And so, you know, the kind of that old saying, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. if they, if, if there's any thought of that maybe going on in the background here, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not going to be, it's not going to end well for them. <laughs> not going to end well for them at no, all. Definitely not. So, so at this point, Joseph keeps playing along. He's saying, well, uh, Benjamin's going to be my slave. The rest of you guys can go home, you know, but, but Benjamin's the one that's going to stay here. Of course, the brothers know that's not going to happen. And so they start pleading on Benjamin's behalf. Um, they even were willing to trade themselves. You know, there were some of them that had sworn to Jacob before they left, said, look, if anything happens to Benjamin, you know, my kids' lives will be the ones that pay for it, that sort of thing, like... Man, they were serious about this. This was not going to happen. But it's at this moment when he sees the love. I think we don't know that this is for sure what did it. But my theory is when he sees the love that um, the brothers have for Benjamin and how much they're willing to do for him and to do for their father, Joseph finally caves. He sends all the servants away and gets them all out of there. And he reveals who he really is to his brothers. Well, I mean... Obviously, the goblet was a ploy to get them to come back right mm -hmm, away. You know, mm -hmm. it wasn't, oh, I'm going to get you for this, you know. Right. Um, he yeah, wasn't yeah. trying to trap them. But when they get back, he's got dinner prepared. He's right. got <laughs> He's got this room prepared for them. 
I think, I, I don't know. I'm a, I disagree a little bit. I think mm. he, he had just had this planned out from the beginning mm. because of what we talked about last week, because of the Holy Spirit being in him, mm-hmm. because he's not going to hold a grudge mm. of, of, it's not for him because mm. of what he says, where he says, it's not you who sold me into slavery. It was God. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm jumping ahead into things mm-hmm. here, but, but I really think that from the beginning he had this planned out. Yeah, that this is how it was going to end for them. Yeah, yeah, for, and and that's the you know, see, seeing that moment come to fruition and seeing you know the love that he still has for them. I mean, after everything he's been through, knowing that they were the reason it happened, that these men sitting in front of him are the reason that he was in slavery, the reason that he was thrown in prison, and went through all of this stuff over those um, over those years. But like you said, he had the perspective that God had a plan through all of it. And ultimately, that's, you know, we, we see that he's overcome with emotion being back with his brothers. And so he has a big feast for him. Um, it says that, that he gave Benjamin like a five times portion mm-hmm. or whatever. So <laughs> the favoritism trend continues. But 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 we see a beautiful feast here and, and, and all of them coming together in the end. Uh, he invites them uh, to come back with Jacob and uh, with all their families and to, to live in the land of Goshen. Goshen was an area that was uh, really good, fertile land. Uh, it was really good for shepherds. Even in the midst of the famine, I guess, it, it was it was doing well. Um, and so, it, and, and it was importantly for Egyptian culture, not to get too much into this, but shepherds were kind of looked down on and so it was out of the way of of most of egypt and so uh, it was a perfect spot for them and where they were going to live um he tells them to come in pharaoh welcomes them in as joseph's family um knowing that you know this is kind of where he came from and we've got a nice nice happy ending to put a bow on joseph's story here well and i found it interesting that you know um according to the scripture within these uh few chapters that we were talking about Joseph makes it a point. Well, first of all, Egyptians, like you said, look down mm-hmm. on shepherds. But Joseph makes it a point to tell his brothers, when Pharaoh asks you what you do, mm-hmm. tell him you're shepherds. Yeah. That would have probably... Wait, what? No, I'm not... They don't like <laughs> shepherds. I'm not going to tell them I'm shepherds. <laughs> right. But they eventually end up... And, and Pharaoh said, okay, great, put them in charge of my flock. Mm-hmm. And if any of them has any other special talents, let me know so that I can give them special jobs. Right. So not only were they given this land and, and, and everything they could need. Mm-hmm. In fact, Joseph says, when you come back, don't bring anything because mm-hmm. we're going to give you the finest Egypt has. Yep. Now they've got jobs mm-hmm. and they're doing things they enjoy doing. Right. With their special talents. They've just kind of, I don't know, it blows me away that Joseph has this heart to love his family like that, no matter what they did to him. Yeah. And that is a lesson for me. That's a lesson for a lot of people, I'm sure. But um, it's very easy to get a hard heart mm-hmm. over different things as you live your life. Um, so it's very difficult to have that kind of mindset. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, and, and to, to have the perspective of it doesn't matter what anybody else has done to me that I'm going to, I'm going to live in forgiveness. That was actually something that we talked about in Sunday school a little bit yesterday was, um, we were defining what it means to love your neighbor, what it looks like to love your neighbor. And, um, 
First Corinthians 13 is you know the a chapter that's all about love, but one of the things it says is love keeps no record of wrongs. And that's really, really hard for us to do. In living in true forgiveness where we say, it doesn't matter what you've done, I'm going to love you anyway. Now that's that's not to say that we put ourselves back in bad situations and abusive situations, that kind of stuff. It's not like, mm-hmm. not like that. But, but that despite what may have happened in the past, that if I see you have a need, I'm going to try to help fill that need. If uh, I'm going to pray for you, um, mm-hmm. Jesus calls to pray for, pray for our enemies, pray for those who persecute you. And so, you know, we can see Joseph has that kind of forgiveness mindset here that I know all that stuff happened in the past, but you're still family. And I see that you guys have a need and I can take care of that need. I made a comment to somebody not long ago after I was wronged in a, I guess, you know, a little way, but I didn't care for it. And it brought back past and, you know, Mm. just a big drama filled day, (laughs) but just not getting it, not even getting an apology for it. You know, I told her, uh, I I said, look, I I write people off really easily. Mm. It's not hard for me to walk away when, when I've felt like I've been wronged and guess what? That's wrong. Mm. (laughs) You know, mm-hmm. um, like you said, don't get, put yourself back in um, abusive situations mm-hmm. or anything like that. Don't give people permission to hurt you. But I think it's too easy for us these days. I'll just speak for myself. It's too easy these days for me to walk away when I don't feel like I've been treated right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think about it, you know, in, in personal relationships, just just like I do in, in business relationships and, and everything else of thing, things not going the way that I want them to in a certain area of life doesn't mean that I can't, you know, be cordial with somebody, you know, and that, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Right. And, um, and so having, having that mindset of I'm going to love this person anyway, if you're wondering more about uh, forgiveness and kind of what it means, we've got a couple episodes from, um, last season, I think actually that we talked about that. Um, definitely encourage you to go check those out. What, our vertical forgiveness with God looks like and what our horizontal forgiveness, what, what that's supposed to look like as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, interestingly, that's actually one of the things that, um, in this episode points, uh, points straight to Christ is, is we see that act of forgiveness, Matthew 18, 21 and 22, Peter comes to Jesus and he says, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me as many as seven times. And Jesus told him, I tell you not as many as seven, but 70 times seven. And he's not saying that it's 490 and that's the cap. Um, because I would lose count, but rather it's don't stop forgiving. You know, again, don't, don't continue to put yourself in bad situations. God gave his brains for a reason, but we should continue forgiving people even when they wrong us over and over because like you said both both of us have that we we mess up all the time and it's often the same things i've messed up with for the past 30 years of my life leading up to now and so you know thankfully i'm given more chances every day um and and we should do the same for for the other people around us i agree the other thing that we see here is it's something that we talk about a good bit uh, from our personal stories and, and that we see in the bible is Kind of that Romans eight twenty eight promise that God works everything together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. In Genesis fifty, which is a little bit outside of what we read today, it's the the tail end of the story, verses nineteen through twenty one. But Joseph said to them, "Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You planned evil against me, and God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. Therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children." God has a plan in everything that we deal with. And, and, you know, Joseph here, he had from pretty much any perspective, he had every right to 
be mad at his brothers forever to um to not take care of them to treat them like he treated them i mean he could have just said no you want grain you're slaves done Mm -hmm. and and just you know i mean he he had every right to do that he had the power to do that yeah they had just um, taken or they they will not long after all this takes place they will have just taken a whole bunch of land from other other people in exchange for food right but he didn't ask that of of these guys he he brought his family in and said no i'm going to give you everything those other people who they traded food for land and then therefore became slaves right. uh, of Egypt. They didn't do anything against them. They just mm-hmm. wanted food. Right. So, you know, a little backwards, maybe. But <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, exactly. And he had every opportunity, but he said, no, I'm not going to do that because God had a plan in this. Yeah. And, and so having that perspective, we see that in Jesus's life for sure. Um, and then we see it in our lives as well, that, that God works everything together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. To piggyback off what you said with Genesis 50, mm-hmm. uh, just a few chapters back where we got this story from, in Genesis 45, verse 4, it says, Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph. This is the big reveal, right? Um, mm-hmm. And he says, And now the first thing he says is, Do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there's been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you for a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, Lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph said. And he pretty much, well, he ends it with God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. You shall live in the region. And as we talked about, he gave him everything. So he reveals himself and then give God gives God every bit of the glory mm-hmm. and doesn't even hold it against his brothers. Yeah. Because he sees even through all the trials as we should, what God does. That's why we hold on to Romans eight twenty eight so tightly mm-hmm. because that's been a recurring theme of our lives for forever yeah and and will continue to be so that's the hard part though right we gotta we gotta remember even when we're going through the trials that god has a purpose in everything mm-hmm. when we look at i mean i i don't even want to start naming off things there's so many things going on <laughs> in the last three years right right um when we look at everything though we mm-hmm. can say god has a purpose in this mm-hmm. we just have to wait it out that's right. Yeah, and and so as an encouragement, if you're in a period of struggling right now, um, know that God is going to use that for your good. Um, if you're if you're in a period where things are going really well, know that God's using that for your good, and and just trust that that's going to continue, and trust God in that. And the encouragement there is to be like Joseph and um, to fall back, no matter what we're going through, to fall back to God, whether. It's good times, bad times, ugly, down in the valley of the shadow of death, uh, you know, Psalm 23 kind of stuff there. Whatever it is, go back to God. Be thankful, rejoice, pray for provision, pray for help, all that good stuff. But make sure and keep our center on Christ, knowing that he's got a plan. That's right. Well, with everything going on here, Joseph being the ruler of Egypt, basically, under Pharaoh, of course. Yeah, yeah. He's got his family back. Mm-hmm. A lot of good things happening for him. That guy, like... It's just come up all aces, right? With, yeah. With, with everything. Um, now, he went through a bunch of hard times. <laughs> That's right. Obviously, but it's all worked out for for his good. But what else is going on in the world? 
So, so we've been talking the last several weeks about, you know, different things that were uh, happening in Egypt and kind of around the world and whatnot. And this week I want to focus on something that happens in Genesis 49 and the impact it's going to have going forward. So Jacob, he's on his deathbed and he is sharing prophecies with uh, all of the, all of his sons. And um, these sons are soon to be the heads of the tribes of Israel. And, uh, he's sharing these prophecies with them and each one of these prophecies proves to be true in their lives in like what part of Canaan they're going to end up in and some different characteristics. So there's a couple of them that kind of stood out to me that I think are interesting. And, and kind of, as we are about to go through a big time jump, um, going to Moses, interesting to see how all these come to be. So, um, one is that he says that Levi will be dispersed throughout Israel that sounds pretty bad. Almost like you're not going to have a homeland. Well, that's actually exactly what happens because Levi is, uh, Levi becomes the tribe of priests. Um, that's the tribe that Moses and Aaron are descended from. We'll, we'll see them here in a, in a couple of weeks. And, uh, they become the ones that take care of the temple, the tabernacle, they do the sacrifices, all of that kind of stuff. And so they're spread out all throughout Israel and the different tribes. There's a few of them everywhere and they take their inheritance out of the land. And so it's interesting that in the context of Jacob's um, blessing, so to speak on them, that what sounds like a bad thing is actually kind of a cool thing and that their priests are all spread out. And then one that we talk about sometimes around Christmas time is that the scepter will not depart from Judah. This is pointing to Jesus. So David is from the tribe of Judah when he comes around the line of kings from David down leads straight to Jesus. And so when it says the scepter will not depart from Judah, it's talking about Jesus, the eternal king, the only one who's still alive today. And so we, we see that come around full circle as well. But just cool to see that we can we can look at that here and you know, while they're in Goshen, um, you know, in, in Egypt, not even their homeland, Jacob's handing these out, but how much impact that's gonna have down the road in the nation of Israel and then the surrounding areas as well. Yeah, and it's going to be crazy to see how everything does come back full circle with Moses and the Canaanites and all mm-hmm. that, and and it just all it it kind of intermingles with itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that we're finding out what's going on a little bit further out mm-hmm. because right now all we're seeing is this one little area. Yeah. Yeah. Next week we're not sure exactly when when Job happens, but after that when we get into Moses, we're going to time jump about four hundred years or so. It's going to get. Uh, we're going to see a lot wider spread of influence uh, here pretty soon. It's going to be it's going to be fun to see how how all of this ties back together. Yeah, yeah, it will. So next week, as Matt just said, we're going to be talking about Job and his story of being blessed and then cursed and then blessed again, That's redeemed right. and 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 uh, you know we we look at Job a lot and say, man, if Job can do it, why can't we? But we still struggle. <laughs> That's right. Uh, if you don't know what we're talking about, you will soon find out. It's another interesting. Um, story of trial and tribulation mm-hmm. for sure and still couldn't imagine going through that just like i couldn't imagine going through anything joseph went through so yeah. lots of bad stuff but That's right again redeemed so y'all be sure to come check it out next week take a listen and uh um, we'll look forward to continuing our chronological look through the bible And with that, we'll wrap it up for this week. Be sure to check us out on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. We've got a Pinterest page and a little bit of stuff on YouTube as well. Um, 
go there, like, share, um, leave us comments, feedback. Um, love to hear from you guys. If you have any specific comments about the show, uh, good, bad, or ugly, send them to us at info at simplifyjesus.com. We would love to hear from you there as well. If you've got any questions about our, our stories, um, the, the Bible stories we're talking about, how they point to Jesus, who this Jesus guy is, any of that kind of stuff, love to hear from you as well about that. If we don't know the answer, we'll get you hooked up with somebody who does. And with that, I think we're going to call it a week. Take care, everybody.